This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today we talk to the winner for Friday in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. A farmer from Dilk, 80 kilometers northwest of Regina, says he has had three quarters of an inch of rain and it is very welcome. We have our usual Friday look at what happened with grain markets. And wheat is down, canola up for the week. Real Agriculture looks at efforts to control wheat midge. We have an update on winter wheat kill this spring and a Ministry of Agriculture report on pasture management. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. A farmer from Dilk, about 80 kilometers northwest of Regina, is today's winner in the spring 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. Doug Lips says seeding is about 60% complete on his farm. We farm about 2,500 acres. Uh, half of it is the livestock and half of it is uh, organic, uh, organic grain. Uh, we run about 150 cows, I guess, called calf pairs. So, uh, yeah, and moisture we got here. We got about uh, three quarters of an inch of rain here last night and early this morning. So, yeah, it's it's, it's a very nice start. We were very, very dry out this way. Well, yeah, what does the moisture mean for you on the farm, especially at seeding time? Oh, very, so much. It's very important. Like I said, we were, we got about 60% of our crop in, and we were seeding, oh, shots we're going pretty near three inches to find moisture. And some of the hilltops, there was no moisture. So this is just uh, the lifesaver for us, really. It's, uh, we, we, we really needed it. What crops did you put in this year? And did you make any change from your normal rotation? Uh, no, everything's about the same. We uh, grew uh, uh, some milling oats, uh, hard red spring wheat. And now with this moisture, we're going to put in some, uh, some flax and then a little bit of green feed yet for the livestock. And you said it's organic. How are organic prices doing right now? Well, they're not bad. They uh, in the last two years they backed off about twenty five percent from what they were, but they're still they're still pretty decent. It's, it's still it's uh, it's still a good way for us to farm. It's a good mix for us with the livestock. Uh, it's not for everybody, but uh, it, it it works for us. When do you hope to wrap up seeding? Well, probably this coming week, I would think. Once the uh, the moisture is over with, they'll give us a you know a few more days, and uh, by I'm sure by the end of next week we should have her we should have her wrapped up hopefully. What impact has COVID had on the farm, Doug? Well, no, it hasn't really affected us too much out here. We're pretty much isolated. We went about our business. Yeah, you know, the only thing is you go to town and get parts, you mask up, and, you know, social distancing, that sort of thing. But really, it hasn't affected the, the farming community that, that much, in, in my point of view. The conventional grain grains have gone way up in price. You, you say organic really hasn't then kept the same pace? No, it hasn't. I think 
due to this COVID, I think people are maybe watching uh, how they're spending their dollars. They're not spending the, a little more money for the organic product. I'm thinking possibly. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what the reasoning is, but it's, it's still it's still relatively strong. How about livestock prices? How are they doing this this spring? Well, the slaughter cow prices are really going up right now, which is really good. It's amateur season, so uh, I think just moved some cows here last week. So, yeah, the price on them is, is fairly strong right now. We usually market all our, most of our calves in the fall, in October, November, so there won't be anything to move until then. Crop insurance has been pushing livestock price insurance as an alternative. Have you looked at it at all? I have looked into it. I think the premium's fairly costly for ourselves. Uh, so we, we haven't uh, we haven't uh, joined into that. Doug Lip is today's winner in the Spring 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. He farms at Dilk, about 80 kilometers northwest of Regina. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca and Co-op Hale Insurance. They've been there for farmers for over 75 years. And they'll be there for you. Grain markets remain volatile again this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola has gained $12 a ton for the week, while wheat has dropped 39 cents a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, July canola, a bit of a, a roller coaster ride up approximately $12 a ton right now on the week. It was actually up about $80 a ton, but we've since seen it go down here limit actually a couple days in a row. So one thing I would say to note is that the November contract is the more active one here now. Uh, traders are getting out of the July. So as much as that might be the front month, um, I believe that the November is more, I would say, the one to watch given kind of the, the market here. So on the November contract, a little bit different of a story. We've seen in the November canola futures kind of decline approximately $17 a ton this week. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say that is it, it's in a downward trend longer term, but it has been moving a little bit lower here in the short term. And what about wheat? On the wheat front, Minneapolis wheat is down about 39 cents a bushel for the week. So it has broken some support uh, or floor lines that I have been watching here for it. And right now it, it is still a probing for a low a little bit here. So what's pushing wheat down and canola kind of up this week, but on the futures down? Well, good, good question. I would say kind of the first thing that we're starting to see is a little bit more favorable weather across the prairies and in the U.S. So one market definitely driving wheat right now has been corn, uh, and corn had a significant drop kind of last week. It started to stabilize a little bit, which is kind of maybe spilling over onto the wheat uh, side here. For canola, Again, watching the soy complex here right now, we've started to see kind of palm oil and soybean oil turn lower here. So that's, I think, been dragging on, on canola prices, as well as soybeans too. So those markets have been in, in a downward trend here. 
And we've seen that definitely pull canola lower. And I think also, too, now with kind of some of the crop going in the ground, maybe some weather improving again. It's been variable. Uh, I know in in Manitoba, you know, there was sun and then it was snowing in, in northern Manitoba. So uh, and again, in Winnipeg, it was very nice. So I think it's really all over the place when it comes to the weather a bit. But overall, you know, exports have been actually on record pace for soybeans and corn in the U.S. So there are some positive sides, but this is the time of year in the springtime, you know, you start to see a little bit maybe more of that that producer selling. So what's the outlook for next week and beyond? Well, next week, I am looking for the November canola futures to hold $710 or $700 a ton, uh, which we're only about $10 away from that right now. So I'd say that's kind of the first important psychological level to hold. On the Minneapolis wheat front, again, it is in a downward trend and we could see, you know, if it does go below this $7 a bushel on the July futures significantly, 660 is in sight potentially. Again, a lot of outside forces to consider. Canadian dollar reaching new highs uh, in quite a long time since past 2017, 2015, over 83 cents now. And that, I think, could start to weigh a little bit on Canadian grain prices here, you know, coming into the summer months. Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and joined right now by Jennifer Atani. She's with AFC Beaver Lodge, Alberta. Jennifer, how are you? Thanks very much, Sean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to chat with you. Jennifer, you mentioned there are secret agents in the stubble. This sounds very mysterious. Tell us about the work you did that led to this new discovery. Sure, Sean. So it's a really great story. Uh, I think most of us that are a bit more familiar with wheat midge are also a bit familiar with the parasitoids. But some of the work that we did actually in relation to our annual canola survey uh, really delineates the relationship with the parasitoids that attack wheat midge and just how tightly everything is all bound together in terms of what growers do with their stubble. So what we did is our annual canola survey, we've been doing it since 2003. We go to commercial fields throughout the entire Peace River region, that's BC and Alberta, uh, we normally do sweep net monitoring. And we do it in the canola just as it's kind of starting to flower and into mid-flowering. What we started to do in 2013, though, is we started to record the surface stubble underneath the canola. So at the same time as sweeping, we would take a look and see what was on the surface and what should have probably been there last year for crop rotations. We did it in part because we were, uh, well, the Peace River region has a bit of a reputation for canola-on-canola rotation. And we really wanted to get a handle on how frequently were we actually serving in that type of a field. So that's really why we started to record what was on the surface for stubble. 
But the interesting thing is we had wheat midge outbreak really for the first time in the Peace River region in 2011. When we actually were doing our field surveying in 2014, we brought all of our sweep net samples back and we started to process that material. And the really interesting thing is for the first time ever, we saw hundreds of some of these very small parasitoid wasps. And when we sent samples out to Ottawa, we were suspicious. But sure enough, they confirmed for us that they were macroglenies penetrans. Whoa, Jennifer, I'll stop you there. Did, did you say macroglenies penetrans? What is that and what does it do? So this is a very effective parasitoid wasp that was actually introduced in Saskatchewan in the 80s to actually combat wheat midge. Now, this little wasp is very host-specific. It attacks the wheat midge eggs and lays its eggs on that egg so that when the wheat midge starts to hatch out of the egg and develop, the parasitoid is actually already inside that developing larvae. Now, if you take a quick look at the image of the wheat midge life cycle, we're remembering that right now, out in our fields, would be overwintered cocoons. Now, those cocoons are actually enclosing last year's larvae that have overwintered. But the amazing thing is, these little parasitoid wasps are inside the cocoons that were parasitized last season. So those cocoons are basically developing in the soil, waiting for appropriate spring conditions, and they start to emerge. The interesting thing is, when we did our annual canola sweeps, and when we were in fields that had weed stubbles, we found some huge numbers of macroglenes penetrans. What we very much suspect is happening is that they're actually up on the flowering canola, eating on nectar, maybe pollen, and that's very typical for our parasitoid wasps. They're possibly even mating. And from that point, they then disperse to find wheat fields and the wheat niche. But for that very important period, they were very easy to collect in their sweet net samples in the flowering canola. So what does this mean for growers? We're fairly familiar with this host-parasitoid relationship. What we really want to emphasize to growers is the fact that this is a real phenomenon. It's easy to see in sweet nets, and it's absolutely happening in fields all around them. And for our folks in the Peace River region, this was a huge step in 2014 because it was actually showing some very sizable numbers of not maybe just wheat midge in wheat, but actually the beneficial parasitoid, huge numbers in this wheat stubble that was sitting underneath the canola and flour. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. This spring, apply pre-emergent edge microactive group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, periods of rain, wind northeast 20, the high plus 3, and we've reached that. Risk of freezing rain late tonight, and the low minus 1. Saturday overcast, wind north 20, the high 8, the low plus 2. Sunday, cloudy, 60% chance of showers, the high 13, the low 8. Monday, rain, the high 12, the low 8. 
Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 17, the low 7. Wednesday, cloudy, the high 14, 60% chance of evening showers. Wednesday, the low plus 5. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high 15. Normal high for this date is 20, the normal low is 5 degrees. The sun rose at 5.03 this morning, 5.03 this morning, it sets at 8.47 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, up north, Stony Rapids, is 9 degrees. The cold spot in the southwest corner, at minus 5, it's Cypress Hills. Estevan is plus 4, Saskatoon plus 3, Swift Current minus 1, Weyburn is 3, Yorkton is plus 1. Regina Cloudy in 3, that's 38 Fahrenheit, winds are from the north-northeast at 17. Humidity is 85%, the barometer rising 102.6. Cloudy in Moose Jaw as well, plus 2, winds are from the north-northwest at 22. Once again, Regina Cloudy in 3, that's 38 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Winter wheat has made it through the spring in decent condition in most areas, but timely rains are important to keep the growth going. Paul Thorogood farms about 15 kilometers south of Moose Jaw and is the Prairie Regional Agrologist for Ducks Unlimited. Across most of the prairies, pretty good winter survival, excepting kind of south-central uh, Saskatchewan, which is, is where I farm. And most of the farmers I talked to in south-central Saskatchewan that had winter wheat in didn't see it survive the winter, which uh, on our farm, I think this is our 19th or 20th winter wheat crop, and this is our first time that we've had to terminate it. So still not a in the big picture of things, not a catastrophic um, concern, but one year out of 19 or 20, well, that, that that's not bad. When you think about um, Kansas, the number one winter wheat growing state in the U.S., where they see winter kill about one year out of every 10. Thurgood explains further. Yeah, so the, the, the growers I talked to were between Moose Jaw and um, south of Regina. There's three or four of us in, in that little area that all uh, had to terminate our crops because they were... They either didn't germinate last fall or the lack of snow cover and significant cold that we had this winter did them in. Thurgood says most of the prairie winter wheat crops survived the winter quite well. Alberta kind of arcing through the parkland of Saskatchewan and over into Manitoba, everyone I talked to said, you know, basically the crops came through pretty well. There was the odd one that, that did not, but and the best management practices that we all try to employ, like seeding shallow, and seeding uh, relatively early and uh, using a seed treatment. All of those things showed up in the, the stand this spring. Like I had a couple of growers comment that they, they treated some of their seed and didn't treat others. And you know, the treated seed looked substantially better. Same thing, the later sown stuff, not as vigorous plants this spring. And uh, they're really struggling in this, this dry condition to, to tiller and fill in some of those thinner spots. There are good comments on current prices for winter wheat. Several growers I talked to commented that uh, the, the rally in commodity prices we've seen has actually given all the classes of wheat a bit of a boost. And maybe not something that they're seeing at the local elevator, but um, the hog barns, for example, are, are paying, gosh, nearly milling wheat prices for feed wheat, which um, whenever crops like winter wheat that have that yield advantage over spring wheat get you know, within 10, 15% of the price of, of spring wheat, 
they're a pretty good grow on the farm from a, an economic perspective. So many guys were pretty excited about uh, the opportunity to sell into those markets and get a pretty good price for the winter wheat that they've got on hand from last year. Thurgood says the hog market is important for winter wheat producers. They've been one of the stronger markets. We've seen some of the line companies, I, I think P&H is a, a notable mention, that are actively seeking winter wheat. But many of the line companies kind of are, are on-again, off-again purchasers of, uh, of winter wheat, whereas the hog barns, you know, they're looking for starch and protein. And, uh, and winter wheat is often one of the ones that they choose. Similarly, the ethanol plants that we've got across the prairies are, are also, you know, frequent buyers of winter wheat. Paul Thurgood is the Prairie Regional Agrologist for Ducks Unlimited. He also farms about 15 kilometers south of Moose Jaw. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. Pasture management is the topic of a report from the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Jennifer Hayden is the Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist in North Battleford. Pasture management needs to be addressed and actions taken as environmental conditions change. We may have a plan set out in the spring, but oftentimes Mother Nature throws a wrench in those plans and we need to make adjustments. There are four principles of grazing management to consider during the grazing season. Firstly, balance forage demand with forage supply. Live plant material captures sunlight and keeps that plant growing and producing biomass. The more of that material we remove, the longer the recovery period will be. Number two, distribute livestock grazing pressure evenly. Even distribution of livestock across a pasture means strategic and careful planning. Strategically placed water sources, salt or mineral feeding stations, or cattle oilers, for example, can help with livestock distribution. Number three, minimize grazing events during sensitive plant growth periods. Plant growth is most sensitive before the plant reaches the three-leaf stage. If the plant is grazed before it reaches the three-leaf stage, potential growth is greatly reduced. Pastures become sluggish and undesirable species have a tendency to take over. And number four, allow effective rest after grazing. Effective rest is rest that occurs during the growing season. Winter dormancy does not count. High stock densities on small areas for short periods of time generally mean shorter recovery times as less plant material is removed overall. It is important to realize that even with the best laid plans and management, weather conditions can result in poor moisture on pasture. Growth can be limited and recovery can be slower than expected. It's important to have a plan B or even plan C in mind, especially if conditions in the fall were less than ideal. There are a few management strategies that can be considered when summer pasture falls short. Number one, supplementing cows on pasture with hay, silage, pellets, or grain to reduce grazing pressure. Number two, incorporating the use of annual crops for summer or fall grazing to allow pasture to rest. And number three, creep feeding calves. And number four, early weaning of those calves. When conditions are dry and pasture growth is limited, it can be hard to resist the urge to use the forage that is there. However, careful consideration of the future consequences of that action must be made. Grazing management strategies combined with other management strategies in times of pasture shortfall can alleviate stress on pastures and on producers. Have a plan in mind, monitor pasture and livestock condition, and be prepared to move forward with plan B if you need to. 
For more information on this or other livestock and feed related topics, contact your nearest regional office, visit www.saskatchewan.ca slash agriculture, or call the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. Coming up, Market Update. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Canola fell $144.10 at $680.67. Number one red spring wheat gained 95 cents at $289.99. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $290.27 per metric ton. Feed barley two ninety four sixty eight, flax seven hundred twelve dollars sixty three cents, lentils seven hundred seventy dollars fifty cents, oats two zero nine fifty three, yellow peas three eighty three seventy, feed wheat two hundred thirty eight dollars and eighty four cents. The Minneapolis spring wheat July futures are up two and a quarter cents at six ninety seven and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 420 on offer at our Tuesday regular sale. This cow market did look fully steady to last week. Not really enough yearlings around right now to make any kind of quote. These good, big, strong cows with some flesh, they're bringing 98 to $1.05. Sales right up to $1.12. These medium hay-fed cows are from 87 to 96, and the shellier cows from 75 to 85. Sales are every Tuesday here in Moose Jaw for the summer months. We are receiving on Mondays right from noon till 7.30. This has been Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,100 hogs Thursday, selling in a range of 230 to 243 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 4,500 head, selling in a range of 230 to 245 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the weekend, Saturday, May 22nd are Oldie West 2020 contract, 242.50. Oldie West 2021 contract, 242.50. Maple Leaf Sig 4, 232.32. Ham's Cash, 230.32. Thunder Creek Burkle, 230.41. And High Life Cash and Contract came in at $246.43 per CKG. Ham's number one solids this week are selling the range of 57 to 64 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and forward contract prices opened mixed this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar is up 20 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2070. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 82.79 cents US. Daily US cash markets are mixed to finish the week, with the Western Corn Belt down $2.45 US to 100 weight, national 20 cents higher, and the national cutout adjusted base up 25 cents relative to the previous day. Weekly regional base prices are mixed for the week, which is notable. For the first time this year, the Western Corn Belt weekly reference is lower than the previous week. 
While the Western Corn Belt is not used in Canadian price discovery, it is closely monitored as it typically leads the trends. Market watchers have been attempting to determine when a cash market top will be reached in the current marketing year. While that will only be, ever be determined in retrospect, the movement lower in the Western Corn Belt is raising eyebrows. In the meantime, live supply tightness and robust demand from all channels is supporting cash markets. Even if the regional base prices back off a bit, they will likely not mirror the pattern seen in other years. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg, and SMHI. Landowners, SMHI provides continuous coverage at cost. Contact your RM office today. Municipal Hale, farmers insuring farmers. The Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission welcomes a Canadian Grain Commission proposal to reduce service fees for grain inspection and weighing. Sask Wheat Chair Brett Halstead says ensuring the fee-setting process accurately reflects inspection and weighing volumes is crucial to prevent producers from being overcharged. The Grain Commission says the inspection and weighing service fees drop 43 cents to $1.05 per tonne for ships. For railway cars, trucks, or containers, the cost decrease is $37.88. For the coming crop year, the fee reduction is almost 20%, or $13.8 million. Sasquheat continues to encourage the Grain Commission to evaluate its fee-setting methods. Sasquheat also believes additional federal funding should be provided to the Grain Commission. Currently, the Commission relies on service fees for 90% of its operating costs, although the Grain Research Lab provides important public good for Canada. On the markets, the TSX is up three points at 19,546. The Dow has gained 123 points at 34,207. Oil is up $1.66 at 6360 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 21 hundredths of a cent at 82.73 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan and Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.